Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Take away! Take away! Take this week away from me. Can we take this week away? Can we redo the week? Can we... Not loving this week. Uh, still undefeated in the Scott Fish Bowl. Uh, we're going to keep tracking the Scott Fish Bowl. I think I'm actually going to start to show up near the top of the overall standings in the Scott Fish Bowl. Uh, drafted Lamar Jackson in the first round. It's a super flex league. Drafted Lamar Jackson. And so that's helping. So dra- drafting Lamar Jackson and uh, Stephon Diggs is helping. Uh, getting a Damian Pierce late. Helping. A lot of things helping in that uh, the Scott Fishbowl. So we'll keep tracking that. There's a few uh, high-profile leagues where I'm performing well, and so we'll keep we'll keep focused on those. And then some of these other leagues, well, never mind. Never mind some of these other leagues. Uh, so uh, the, uh, the, the random tight end struck. We had the random tight end week. Now, this week was always hanging out there, right? So takeaway number one, is we got a random tight end week. This week was hanging out there. You can't have every week be according to plan. So that's takeaway number one. Takeaway number two is DJ Moore's in trouble. Takeaway number three is the Eagles are looking like a Super Bowl team. Number four, takeaway number four, is uh, Marquise Brown is going to be a productive wide receiver with or without DeAndre Hopkins. uh, Spoiler alert. Uh... Dalvin Cook likely has a degenerative condition in his shoulder. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is the fakest running back in the history of fake running backs. So that are six takeaways. Six six takeaways so far. We have six takeaways. Six, uh, six, uh, six, six, six takeaways. Snaps matter. So why were we more bullish on a Damian Pierce? a James Robinson, a Devin Singletary. We had complaints about being overly bullish on these players in the weekly rankings and projections. I actually confronted Dario Ofstein in the staff chat. We have a staff chat on Discord where it's read-only and where the staff communicate and all our, every member of, of our Discord, it's public, just join our Discord server. Every player page has a little join our Discord right on the player page. So get right into Discord. You can see... Staff communications back and forth, me uh, questioning, like Matt Waldman, questioning our good friend Dwayne McFarland, just que- asking questions about the weekly rankings. Uh, why are we so high on Devin Singletary? Why aren't we higher on Miles Sanders? Shouldn't we be higher on Miles Sanders? And, and why are we so high on Devin Singletary and James Robinson? And you can, you could, Dario coming back to me going, well, uh, touches matter, Matt. Uh, we only have what we have in terms of the ability to project touches and this is what we have and until Travis Etienne who's never actually commanded significant touches does anything we're going to go ahead and be below consensus on Travis Etienne until further notice but someone like Damian Pierce has already started exceeding expectations uh, with his touches in week two so we're going to go ahead and, and, and react in an appropriate and proportionate manner and that's why our rankings are some of the best in the industry. And Dario Ofstein is a true phenomenon. Anyone that is tuned in to the Roto Grinders Stack Fest show on the Roto Grinders YouTube channel knows already by this time knows Dario Ofstein is the truth. If you're listening to the First Mover podcast on this channel, you know Dario Ofstein is the truth. So that's already been clear. He's the truth. And I'm put in my place. Shut up, Podfather. Shut up, play James Robinson, play Devin Singletary, and shut up. I did. 
I did, right? I did. I, I benched Daryl Henderson accordingly. You're welcome. Okay, everybody. I, I did the right thing. Not that you care, really. Uh, it's actually better. You're, you're more welcome if, if my teams do poorly and then you get to hear me complain about that. Uh, rookie tight ends emerging out of the complete anonymity, right? Out of the void. So that's that's just again another indication that this was one of those weeks. This was one of the, another indication is that uh, Millie making winning lineups were starting the Jaguars defense and players that weren't even having good weeks, and it didn't even matter. It didn't matter as long as you crested 200 points, you were winning all the millions. That's all they needed to do, right? You can play a whole bunch of players not scoring touchdowns, just get to 200 points, and you're done. You 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 won the million dollars. So we'll go through the Millie maker winning lineup. That's got to be close to 10 takeaways. I bet that's about eight takeaways. Uh, Drake London outscored Kyle Pitts in fantasy football again. And uh, I'm officially angry, upset and angry, and uh, not quite apoplectic, but uh, we'll say very frustrated. Right? Very frustrated at Mike Williams. Uh, Mike Williams is a player that I have never liked until this year, okay? Never liked him. Was never bullish on him in particular. Was always like, this guy uh, is he, is an outside clasher, and those guys have limited roles in the NFL. And then it seemed that his route inventory shifted, and he became a, a more versatile wide receiver last year, and I fell for it. So I fell for it. So it's interesting. So I'm infuriated despondent i think that's the that's the that's the word that's that's the word i'm despondent over a wide receiver who i always questioned his abilities but he was in the exact perfect right offense in mike williams and despondent over a player who i've never questioned his abilities i fundamentally believe he is a good football player he's just in the worst possible situation and that's dj moore so you have DJ Moore and Mike Williams on two opposite sides of the spectrum, had the same ADP, and uh, I was uh, drafting both, drafting DJ Moore, more in Dynasty, Mike Williams, more in Seasonal Leagues. Either way, I have both of these players rostered in fantasy football, and it's not good. It's not good. So those are my takeaways. Just a few, ta just we're doing 10 takeaways. We so, Once in a while, we have to do one of these reminder shows that the top 10 takeaways show and this is, this is the same with many of our shows. The top 10 takeaways show, it used to be a 20-minute show where I would literally go through the takeaways like I just did and pretty much add a little bit more detail on occasion, you know, a, a few more points, a take here or there, a bonus take now and then, and that was the show. It was a 20-minute show. These hour-long top 10 takeaways shows are anomalies. Right, the new listeners don't realize this. It's like, oh wow, you get a full hour-long takeaway show. Yeah, that's not normal. That's not normal. You go to any show on YouTube or on your podcast app. The takeaway show is typically a short show. It's like eighteen minutes, like a TED talk. Right, we're in, we're out. We got takeaways. We're in, we're out. Me going in depth on all ten takeaways and then giving another ten bonus takeaways and spending an hour. That's not. This is more the normal show. We're gonna try to get this done in half an hour. I have a lot of meetings today, have a lot of responsibilities, a lot of things are happening, moving, shaking, happening uh, at Player Profiler. Get on our Discord, though. That's the first thing you can do. Get on our Discord because I share uh, my thoughts on the show. I share the show sheet. We share as much as we possibly can. We're the most transparent brand in all of fantasy football on Discord. You're not going to find a more transparent brand I mean, we've said some really embarrassing, shameful, and embarrassing things on embarrassing and embarrassing. That's right. Doubly embarrassing points. And, uh, you know, I you know, we've, we've been chastised. We're chastising one another. Uh, I've been owned by my staff and the members of the underworld in Discord many times already. I'm, I'm in there all the time. Uh, I predicted that the uh, Chris Olave breakthrough game what happened this week i i, I was in game chatting in game posting in the discord we have a live live game watching channel and i was in there going oh man oh man chris olave percolating and this was before the 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 multiple injuries to uh jarvis landry and michael thomas 
Uh, those are real injuries, by the way. You don't just leave the game with a toe injury and not come back and say it's nothing. Because that's what the coaches are saying. Oh, it's nothing, nothing to see here. You know, it's like Leslie Nielsen in Naked Gun. Nothing to see here. Nothing. Go home, everybody. Nothing to see here. Now, why are you even looking over in this direction? There's nothing. I don't know why you would even think there would be something to look at. There's nothing to look at. It's just, it's, there's nothing. It's just a, an empty void. There's nothing you would ever want to pay attention to over here. These toe and foot injuries for Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas, they're nothing. No, they're nothing. Michael Thomas now, so far this year, recuperating from uh, an ankle injury slash foot injury, uh, suffering a hamstring injury in preseason, and now a toe injury, and no surprise, there goes Chris Olave, right on schedule. That was always the, the concern with my... It's so funny. My concerns with Cam Akers were locker room chemistry and just the general explosiveness of Darrell Henderson. It wasn't the Achilles, right? It, even if Cam Akers came back 100%, Darrell Henderson still more explosive, right? And, and still better in the passing game. That was always the concern with Cam Akers. It wasn't the Achilles rupture, and there's no way anyone would have access to Cam Akers' MRI results. So anyone talking about his Achilles as if they know what they're talking about, uh, talking about as if they know what they're talking about, they obviously don't know what they're talking about, and they shouldn't be talking about it. <laughs> and with Michael Thomas, it wasn't about the foot injury, man. Of course, medical technology is going to come back, but is he going to be the same player is he going to be as explosive answer is no what about the target competition from chris olave oh that's the problem right that those it's not it's not the it's not the uh, doctor charts that you need to be pretending that you have access to that you don't have access to because that would be a hipaa violation no it are these other forces at play there was always the problem with michael thomas is that they drafted olave that was always the problem with Elijah Moore, they drafted Garrett Wilson. What are you going to do? Like Robert Woods, they drafted Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks ran all the routes and was out on the field for almost every snap. He is the clear alpha in that passing game. He will be moving forward. Huge target share again for Jahan Dotson, even more than before. So Jahan Dotson doesn't get the targets, gets the touchdowns. Then he, then he gets the targets. And he's not converting. So he has the high catch rate with the touchdown rate. Then he has the the, the low catch rate and no touchdowns uh, with a big increase in targets. So more quality performances coming from Jahan Dotson. That's what I can tell you right away. Uh, throw out that game from Carson Wentz, Washington. Throw that game out. It was useless. There's no reason to even analyze it. The Eagles defense is amazing. And I know that the, the Dolphins look good. They beat the Bills. Ooh, right. And remember, the Jaguars beat the Bills last year. Remember that? That was a weird... How'd that happen? The Jaguars beat the Bills, and, and they owned the Colts, right? This team was coming together at the end of the year. If Urban Meyer could have just kept his hands to himself and acted like a professional, treated men like professionals, if Urban Meyer could have just brought himself... And done the crazy, insane thing. Like the, 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 the difficult thing. Like the impossible. The impossible. If Irvin Meyer could have done the impossible. Just treat men like professionals. Treat grown men like grown men. And not little babies. Right? And, and if he himself hadn't been a little baby. If he hadn't acted like a baby. And acted like a professional and treated others like professionals. Like men. If it was just men treating men like men. Professional men. And you know, deferring to his staff and respecting the human beings in the football office and the players that he was supposedly coaching, not dictating, well, he would be here. And we would be celebrating Urban Meyer and his success turning this franchise around. But no, he had to go out and be an asshole and think he was better than everybody, and now he's gone, and he deserves to be gone, and a team that was turning around. We talked about it with Anand and Nuri. He was like, this, this, this Jaguars team, they could win the AFC South. It's not likely, 
but it's in the range of outcomes. Are the Colts really that good? You believe in the Colts? They were owned by the Jacksonville Jaguars at the end of last season. The Tennessee Titans are heading in the wrong direction. Their offensive line's getting worse. They're shedding skill position players. Some of the best wide receivers in the league, like A.J. Brown, are leaving the franchise. I know being backfilled by younger players, but it's a high bar to be A.J. Brown. Probably not going to happen. The defense is degrading in front of our eyes. Everything, these players are getting older. Derrick Henry is going to be 28, 29. It's like, what's happening? Ryan Tannehill is not a difference-making quarterback. What are we doing? And all true, right? All true, all true. Texans still rebuilding. Why not the Jaguars? And the, my answer is, uh, yeah, sure. Why not the Jaguars? They look great. Good for them. They look great. Uh, shame on everyone that, that questioned them. And uh, you certainly an upgrade in leadership, a leadership upgrade. It's looking like the Denver Broncos had a leadership downgrade. Uh, is Russell Wilson cooked? That's from Twitter. That's Jack Cavanaugh, the uh, host of the Player Profiler Today show, and I'm super proud of Jack. He's been doing a great job. We're going to start having guests on the... We were giving him some time to get his his uh, his show set up, right? To, to let his show get its legs, find its legs, get settled. Now that he's getting settled, I'm going to push my way onto that show, Jack. Get me in there. I want to be heard even more. People need to hear what I have to say, Jack. Not you every night. He's doing an awesome job, doing an incredible job. The other thing that, that's incredible is uh, Player Profiler Edge. So if you go to edge.playerprofiler.com or you just go to the menu on Player Profiler, hit the menu icon or go to the menu at the top, you'll see that yellow edge. That's a betting intelligence service. And I get these live in-game alerts. Now, there was, there was one alert. Like if you, I could just show you the... The last alert uh, was wrong, right? It was a basically what happens is the system will find when books have overcorrected the in-game odds and it'll send you a text message like, oh, overcorrection, 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 right? Uh, like, for example, the, 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 there's these soccer alerts, right, that uh, on Man City. So Manchester City, like the odds are suddenly flipped on Manchester City. They're down two goals. And then the alert system will be like, bet on Manchester City to win. And it's like, really? They're down two goals. Are you sure? Can Holland really do this? And then, oh, sure enough, there goes Holland again, right? Oh, he's going to put his foot up over his head, right? And he was going to be doing like a soaring half bicycle. And then with the, out, with the outer foot, the outer boot, he's going to score far post. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. And not, don't forget, the serve into the box from Rodri was also with his the outside of his foot. Rodri, by the way, dropped by uh, Atletico Madrid. So uh, my daughter and I were, were studying up on Rodri. He's an interesting guy. Uh, you know, she, defensive midfielder. I, I kind of think that may be her future. And so we were looking at Rodri, and he was dropped. In, in his early teens, he was dropped by Atletico Madrid. Uh, and uh, they said he wasn't tough enough. They said he wasn't tough enough. And my daughter had uh, a, some really tough matches. She had two matches in a row, and she was bodied like crazy. Uh, two uh, upper-level clubs. She's on a club team now, upper-level clubs in Connecticut, one that won the whole thing last year. And uh, they, so it was like uh, uh, Arsenal something-something. And I was like, okay, all right. So I got Connecticut Football Club, Arsenal something. I, I don't know. It was, uh, they were great. These, they were, they were really good and, uh, super physical. And, uh, it came as a surprise to my daughter. She, she got bodied a little bit and, uh, we, we talked about it. I said, uh, well, let's look at Rodri. What's the, what's Rodri's deal? Sure enough. Sure. Rodrigo is sure enough. He was dropped from Atletico Madrid. Why? Oh, lacking toughness. Lacking toughness, and then he hooked on with another team, and then he came all the way back around, and he forced Madrid to pay him $50 million for his first big contract. Boom! Boom. And then, of course, he went out and uh, went on loan to a Man City, and the rest is history, and now he's serving balls into Holland with, with his outer boot from the other side of the box, diagonally, and then Holland with the outside of his boot goes back diagonally across the box uh, to the opposite post, far post for the score. Uh, and the uh, player profiler edge system uh, knew that would happen. So uh, 
got uh, over 37.5 on uh, Rams Cardinals. The algorithm liked that. It did not happen. And then uh, you think, oh, man, that's too bad. Yeah, that's too bad. But uh, then it tells you, tells you how many units to risk. Risked 1,000 units. Okay, didn't work out, right? So so here are these alerts right here. You can see how many it says, how many alerts you see there. There's a, a number of them on Sundays, all with the number of units to risk. And But before that, oh, oh, Saints Carolina, over 28.5. It was dropped all the way down to 28.5. And they thought, oh, Winston, of course, this is going to go over. Yes, it did. Raiders Titans, it went under because it was juiced up to 57.5 after all that early scoring. Sure enough, that game went under. And then if we go back to Thursday night, it said uh, go under by uh, 0.5 points was right again. So an incredible record for Edge's in-game alerts, edge.playerprofiler.com. And it, it's, it's not every hour that you even get an alert right? So you just have to watch your phone. Like, like I said, yesterday, three alerts came in. You have to watch your phone. You're like, oh, bingo, bammo, right? And if you had set your preferred sports on edge earlier this summer, you need to make sure you go in and select the NFL and potentially college football, reset your filters so that you can make sure you're getting the NFL alerts. If you're not getting NFL alerts, that's why. So make sure you go and reset your filters. It's an amazing service. And, uh, We've just started a, a, a new program, a $1 three-day trial. That's right. Yeah, $1 three-day trial. Yep, $1. That's it. Not even. 99 cents. So this was, wasn't even my idea. This was an experiment. I don't normally like to do these kinds of trial things, but I was convinced to do this. And because it's, uh, you know, that's how much Charles, uh, the, uh, the architect of this uh, system, uh, believes in this this betting intelligence system so we're doing it and uh, so that's what edge.playerprofiler.com and we need to look at the millie maker lineup this week because it's funny it's a funny thing i have it in front of me i was talking to eric bime on twitter today about it and you can see lamar jackson leonard fournette damian pierce waddle lazard Devonte smith you had Devonte smith was the requirement lamar jackson with Andrews and then Devontae Smith. You needed that to win, clearly. We all knew that. Like, when you were looking at the scores, you knew that those three pieces were required. And then the question was, well, did someone have Hollins? Right? Someone might have had Hollins, right? As as the as the uh, lineup-making wide receiver thrust into the starting lineup because, oh, th there's a consequence. When a Hunter Renfro goes down and is inactive... And this is one of the uh, most you know, pass-heavy teams always seemingly playing from behind, the negative game scripts, the positive pass-to-run ratio, the high pass rate has been consistent and now being proved with Josh McDaniel. That's, that's how he wants to play as well. Knowing all that, whoever the receivers are, are going to be threats to deliver huge value in DFS. Sure enough, Hollins delivered and he didn't even get 10 points from his defense. He didn't get anything from Leonard Fournette. And he took it down. So congrats to whoever that was that won. I don't even know who. who congrats to that person. I, 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 should, I should know who it was. Let's see. It was uh, Abe Dollars. Abe Dollars. Great job. Great job. And, and what's, what's interesting about this is on the Roto-Grinders StackFest show, I was right about a couple things. One thing that I was right about was that you wanted to go after these mobile quarterbacks this week, Hertz and Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray, and go light on the stacking. Right? That was that was the recommendation. To to you could take Hertz and Goddard naked. I talked about Hertz and Goddard naked. Dario mentioned Hertz and Devontae Smith. We obviously mentioned that you could feel free to take. Hertz and A.J. Brown, that's always a good option, right? Uh, we don't need to really talk about <laughs> Hertz and A.J. Brown. Yes, you're doing that. But against Washington, right, if there's going to be a, a, a team where a, a, a boom-bust, deep-threat wide receiver is going to go nuclear, it's going to be against a secondary like Washington. So if there was a week to go Devontae Smith, it was a clear Devontae Smith week, and it was a clear week to fade Wentz against this defense you didn't need to force a run back so the advice on that show and it's just it's spectacular three straight weeks 
the general advice on that Stackfest show has been incredible. Don't force the run back. What are you looking at? What does this Abe Dollars lineup not have? It's not forcing the Washington run back, not even Antonio Gibson. This was a week to not run it back unless you were playing Tua. If you're playing Tua, yes, you needed to, of course you need to run it back. You don't need to run it back if you have a mobile quarterback because mobile quarterbacks also just generally, they pull fantasy points out of the overall stack. Because when a quarterback scores a touchdown, only he scores that touchdown. He's not throwing it to Devontae Adams from the one-yard line. He's running it in. So normally, like last year, Aaron Rodgers gets a touchdown and Devontae Adams gets a touchdown. But when it's just Hurts running it in or Lamar running it in or Kyler running it in, there's only one touchdown being logged. And there's just few overall points that can be distributed across a game stack. So when you're game stacking, more often you want a game stack with the pocket passing quarterbacks. It's just that this wasn't the week to do that. The games set up where the over-unders were set in such a way that it was Josh Allen, even though it was hard to play, salary was too high to get away with. And sure enough, he wasn't anywhere near any of these top lineups. Lamar Jackson, much more affordable. Murray, even more affordable than that. Always Jalen Hurts, always Jalen Hurts, especially against Washington. And, that was the singular mismatch of the week was the Eagles front seven against Washington and uh, Carson Wentz. And that all happened exactly, exactly how we played it out. It was, it was, it was quite beautiful. We spent a lot of time talking about that game and uh, you know, a, a lot of time talking about the bills dolphins game. That game was set to shoot out. It was seven, seven in the first half. Anytime it's seven, seven, anytime you got 14 points scored, in the first quarter, much less the first half, you're in business, right? Most games start slowly, right? Ravens-Patriots, only seven points scored in the first quarter. Lions-Vikings, only seven points scored in the first quarter. That game started hot, and then what happened? A dirty play against Tua where the defensive lineman just pushed him well after he threw the ball. Like, in the future, if you do that and the quarterback gets concussed— you need to be thrown out of the game. That needs to be an automatic red card because it was so late to just push him. He falls over, he hits his head on the turf, and then he's wobbly and he gets up. And then the lies, the brazen lies, the lies that, oh, this Michael Thomas toe injury is a nothing burger. It doesn't matter. It's not significant. Yes, he left and did not return. It's not significant. Why would you think doesn't matter? We're not worried at all about it. Oh, Tua, how's your head? Oh, it's not my head at all. No, my head's fine. The play before, I hurt my back. Yeah, I torqued my back the play before, and it, and it was aggravated on the next play. And that's why I lost my balance. It wasn't about, it wasn't about a head injury. And, and instead of going into the medical tent and getting proper attention, no, no, we, 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 we usher me into the tunnel and uh, under the, uh, uh, a shroud of darkness, in secret, we get the player ready to get back on the field. That's what the medical staff is doing because if it's not Tua out there, they're not competitive. They're not winning that game. And shame on the Dolphins for doing that. It was a dangerous play that should have resulted in an ejection from the Buffalo player. And it was even more egregious, even more shameful by the Dolphins medical staff, the leadership. Everyone saw what happened. They saw him stumbling around. They saw him falling down. He sustained a brain injury, and they put him back out there at incredible risk to his current health and his future health. And that was absolutely shameful. The win is not worth it. It doesn't matter. Okay, spoiler alert. The Bills are going to win this conference anyway. So it, it does not matter. Uh, this, this isn't... At the end of the day, a wise decision for Tua or anyone in this organization. You're going to make him more susceptible to concussions in the future. And this is why there needs to be player advocates that are field level that can prevent these things from happening and can, uh, you know, come in like a helicopter and get these players, like almost like a helicopter parent, like a soccer mom. There needs to be soccer moms, right? Like soccer, they should hire soccer moms, like come to these soccer matches. 
like screaming when my daughter's getting like, you know, bulldozed, you know, with these shoulders, these shoulder checks and these moms are screaming. There needs to be a mom getting in Mike McDaniel's face. Hey, get too off the field. What are you doing? His health is in jeopardy. Right? Soccer dad, same thing. What do you know? Right? So that that would be the solution. So shameful. Just, just shameful. Oh, I, it, it made me wince, look away, and leave the television. I was like, you know what? I was, I was watching the Red Zone channel with my daughter. I was like, we can't. She loves the Red Zone channel. She was rewarded for some, for some tough soccer with the Red Zone channel. And I said, you know what? I don't want to do this. This is, yeah, I don't want to watch Teddy in there. You know, his injury history, this league, this league is just gross. It's just gross. Just gross. And then the lie. And then the big audacious lie after the fact. It's just, it's so revealing. Because so many people in the comments, like I can see the, the YouTube comments now. Like, move on. Move on. They signed up to be gladiators. Move on. But I know there's a segment of my audience, this is their least favorite topic. I get it. I, I, I totally get it. And, and guess what? The teams and the league are banking on this. The teams and the league are banking on this desire to move on, get the W and move on and dehumanize these players. They're banking on your inability to care, right? They're, they're, they're banking on just the, the, the general deference to league rules and protocols that are all fake, right? That's it. It's just, it's all, it's all charade. The protocols are the whole thing. The whole thing is just to convince you to just move on, right? And just to, to have a, a sort of willful ignorance of everything that's happening. You just want to get to a back in there so we can get touchdown passes to Tyreek that never materialize, touchdown passes to Waddle. No, right? All these wide receivers in this Millie Maker lineup didn't score touchdowns. It was crazy. You know who did though? Uh, Craycraft, Craycraft, someone named Craycraft, River Craycraft, River, River Craycraft. It sounds like a thing, like a, it sounds like an army machine that you would use to, to, you know, navigate rivers. Like that's what it would be. I would think general dynamics makes the river Craycraft and the, the army's putting it in order for like seven of these things, seven of these vehicles that would make sense. And when you look at a guy that's like a special teamer, it's like when Matthew Slater, would score a touchdown here or there from Brady. It was like, it was such a great thing. Like they, they work so hard and it's like, oh, amazing. Like Doolin, like Ashton Doolin. Oh, well, right. That's just like, is Craycraft Ashton Doolin? No, he's not. DJ Moore. Hmm. <sighs> DJ Moore. DJ Moore. DJ Moore. DJ Moore. DJ Moore. So Cody Carpentier and I disagree. Cody Carpentier is one of those people. Right, Cody Carpenter wants just to, he doesn't want to talk about concussion protocol. He doesn't want, that's that's the last topic Cody wants to talk about. Cody's in the chat saying, it was hardly a one Mississippi before the push, red card a bit much, yellow fine. First of all, there's no cards. This was an analogy. Tua needs to learn how to fall better. He's soft. That's the, that's C, Cody. That could be, that could absolutely be interpreted as sarcasm, right? Where you're, you're actually, you agree with me and, and you're pretending to take the position of the, uh, of the, uh, you know, gorilla football fan, right? But uh, I don't know. We'll never know. We'll never know. There, there was no, there was no emoji. There was no wink emoji. We have no idea whether the, Cody's being serious and he thinks the two is soft. Uh, and it was, a, I don't know, it doesn't matter. One Mississippi, by the way, one Mississippi is way too much time before a push like that. It was a dirty, it was a dirty play. And I want these plays to be uh, adjudicated with a results-based process where if you injure the player, if he does turn and fall differently and he gets right up and it's fine and they shake each other's hand or they, you know, they, they're like, Hey, yeah, that was an intense play. Okay, cool. Yeah. But if it does result in a concussion, then, then that should be it. That, that should be it. Okay. So, but uh, see Cody, you're belaboring the point. And, and if you think it's bad radio, then you know, you, you have only yourself to blame by getting in the chat and, and, and elongating and extending the bad radio. DJ Moore, 
DJ Moore. DJ Moore. DJ Moore. DJ Moore. DJ Moore. DJ Moore. Mmm. Not good. He's 25 years old. He is uh, a supreme athlete with size and playmaker, uh, absolute, you know, uh, playmaking ability to all quadrants. Through four years in the league, has put together three consecutive 1,100-yard receiving seasons in spite of some of the league's worst quarterback play, and it's not getting better. And Odell Beckham Jr. sent him a text and said, uh, good luck this year. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, thanks, Odell. Good luck to you, too. Yeah, sure. Good luck on your recovery, your, your rehabilitation. Uh, not knowing Odell was being sarcastic, that Odell knows that you're not going to have good luck with Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield can't throw to the outside. Uh, Baker Mayfield is uh, never going to be good at this. If he can throw a screen pass to a wide receiver that's actually a running back like LaVisca Chenault, and LaVisca Chenault can then run for a 60-yard touchdown, that's going to be fine. Like, that's going to work well. Uh, otherwise, uh, forget about it. You can forget about it. And it was, a, it, was, it was a danger that we saw. We thought it was a nominal upgrade at quarterback, and so it couldn't get any worse than before, so safe to draft him, right? Actually, no, not true. Uh, the wide receiver to draft in that zone was a Jalen Waddell. Jalen Waddell. Have some Jalen Waddell, not as much as I'd like. Had uh, Mike Williams uh, ahead of Jalen Waddell there, and that's a bummer. And, uh, yeah, uh, he sucked out a touchdown. It was a gross. T there are some gross touchdowns. Now, it's it's interesting. Chase Edmonds scores a touchdown, and it's like, yes! Yes! He did it! You're just looking for anything, any signal that, that Chase Edmonds might be back. Hey, are they using him in the red zone package, in the goal line package? Yes. It's awesome. I want to see number two out there. You love seeing it, right? We know he's a great receiver. He's not getting the targets yet. Those could be coming. Still could be coming that he's getting these short yardage touches by the by the goal line. It's just incredible news, incredible news. So when he gets that touchdown, that's like, oh God, so good. It's so it feels so good because it feels process based. It's like, wait, we like that he's going to be used in the red zone. We like that he's going to be used in the passing game. Now he's being used in the red zone. He's scoring touchdowns in the red zone. This follows our process. This is a cause for celebration, right? So. He was sucking out touchdowns, and that was saving his week. I mean, 15 fantasy points on two touchdowns, that's pathetic, right? Fine, right? Good, you know, maybe a few more than 15 at some point. I think that was where, where he was at. He and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at one point both had 15 fantasy points. And I was looking up going, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has 15 fantasy points on zero rushing yards. Zero! Zero! That's the most... Fake performance. I mean, Edward Solaire has had some fake single-game performances, but this is it. I mean, this is this is the the crowning jewel of Clyde Edward Solaire fake fantasy performances. I mean, he is a fake Rolex. It's so fake, right? So it's like you get a touchdown from the same down and distance from from Chase Edmonds. Hey, we were right. Yeah, good process. Then uh, Edward Solaire. Eh, variance. Eh, doesn't deserve it. Eh, good luck next time. Still terrible, right? It just, I'm impervious. Like, I feel good about this uh, Chase Edmonds suddenly. Uh, I'm unwavering in my belief that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire just isn't good. Also, if you watch the tape, if you if you're watching the game, I was watching the game. They were in the red zone. I was watching the red zone channel. He just had to cut back, and it was a and it was a walk-in touchdown. And he's getting just stood up, just running right into the back of linemen when there's a clear angle to the left if he just wants to just put his foot in the ground. But he's not doing that. He, is, he has no vision. He has no explosiveness. He lacks any, any kind of a downfield route running ability and separation and hands. He's a swing pass, gets what's blocked running back without explosiveness. What is that? It's useless. It's useless. Do you remember, you remember how much better this offense would be if they would just play Isaiah Pacheco? Like Pacheco was better in, in, in far fewer touches. It's just it's it's only a matter of time before they relegate Clyde Edwards-Helaire 
It's only a matter of time before Raheem Mostert suffers an injury. I don't want it to happen, but it will. He's, according to the Injury Finder app, the 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 the, the most uh, prone to injury uh, running back in the league. He has the highest fragility rating. Though you could argue that uh, it should have been Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is out. Alexander Madison is going to be the hot waiver wire ad. This is why we were saving all our fab money. I said you can spend up for Curtis Samuel, and that was about it. That was about it. That was the only player you really had any permission to spend any kind of funds on, and that hard cap was at 10% of budget because it's a wide receiver. So now you have 90% of your budget. You have 88%. You have whatever is $85 out of 100 at the very least. And now you can go ahead and pour those funds into Alexander Madison. And also, we'll talk about this on the Waiver Wired show. Don't forget about uh, Tykevius Chandler. If you can't find Ty Chandler on Player Profiler, type in Tykevius. You'll find him. You'll find him. That's his full name. It's a great name. So why he's going by Ty and not Tykevius, I don't know. We're trying to fix that. Hopefully he will see the player page and change his own name to a better name. Like, we're trying to help you, buddy. We're trying to help. Chandler looked electric in preseason. He was so good in preseason that the Vikings put Madison on the trade block. They tried to get rid of him. He wanted to be traded. They couldn't They couldn't get anything worth a damn for him. Not surprising. He is a, a cardboard cutout, all-purpose back, right? He's not Edward Solaire. Edward Solaire is not even an all-purpose back, right? At least Madison has an all-purpose skill set with requisite size and some explosiveness, but he, but nothing special, right? It's possible that with the, the sub 4-4 wheels that Chandler could be special. That's why you need to need to stash him as well. But we'll see. We'll see how the touches are distributed. My guess is we're going to be very bullish this week on uh, Alexander Madison as a free square in DFS. And again, Dario's process for these weekly projections is so good. With Basically, he's backing out the game totals and, and especially the, the upside outcomes of some of these games. And then he's looking at the touch distribution and the snap shares and saying, hey, you know, what if Xavier Howard is locking up uh, Stephon Diggs more than we would like? Well, the targets are going to get distributed elsewhere. Gabriel Davis is not 100%. So you, you got to play Devin Singletary. Like that was what we talked about. He talked about playing Singletary and Knox. He's like, if we're stacking this game, we want runbacks on these two stacks, we want double runbacks on these two stacks. You go Diggs, Singletary, Diggs, Knox. And I was like, really? Devin Singletary? He's like, where are the, tar you know, there's going to be a lot of points scored. Imagine that the targets are being funneled away from Diggs for whatever reason this happens. It happened to Jefferson. It happened to most of the elite wide receivers this week. Defensive game plans are shifting to take some of these players away. And the more they play outside, like Stephon Diggs, the easier it is for opposing defenses to to game plan to stop those wide receivers, like a Mike Williams. Like Mike Williams, like he was the clear guy they wanted to stop. And if you're trying to stop Mike Williams, he's very stoppable. Stephon Diggs, not nearly as stoppable. And the slot receivers, like Cooper Cup, are not stoppable at all, especially if, if they can run the ball, like Debo Samuel, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup running for a touchdown. That's unstoppable. They are the unstoppables. Curtis Samuel, pretty unstoppable, right? But it's the snaps and the touches where, hey, yes, it's true. It's okay. It's true. Devin Singletary is not special, but he's a little bit better across the board than Clyde Edwards Solaire. And he's on a better offense. So when Edwards Solaire puts up 17, 18 points with a touchdown and a bunch of catches, right? I don't even know if Edward did. What did Edwards Solaire have? Did he have. Even that many? I don't think so. I want to say Edward Slayer capped out at 15 fantasy points. Maybe he got a bunch more catches after I was paying attention. I don't know. But I, I know he had zero rushing yards. So zero rushing yards, and he went five for 40. Right, so he had 15 fantasy points. That's what he had. That was the number. Big deal. Devin Singletary could go, go a lot higher than that. And he did, right? He's, he's operating further downfield because he's a stronger route runner, and if anyone's going to be in the red zone, it's going to be the Bills. And so that was Dario's argument, and I was like, yeah, that makes sense. we got to got to play Devin. This is a Devin Singletary week. It's a Dawson Knox week. I was like, really? We have Dawson Knox? I, 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 I was like, because uh, it was a good process. Ahead of Miles Sanders? He's like, eh, Miles Sanders, 
He's not, right? He's not getting the he's not getting the targets. Uh, he's not projecting well. Like I can skew the touches if you really want. I was like, no, don't skew anything, dude. I'm not saying I'm not trying to meddle. I'm just asking questions, right? Then sure enough, where's where, where's uh, anyone anyone see Miles Sanders anywhere? Like we didn't have Josh Jacobs projected high at all. I was like, we no Jacobs. Sure enough, Jacobs six point six fantasy points. Right on on his uh, yards, and then he had another uh, you know, eight in the passing game. So as a rusher, he had eight. As a runner, he had uh, you know six and a half. Was it something like that? So fourteen fantasy points. Like that exceeded expectations for Josh Jacobs. And uh, so that, but still, I mean, I thought Jacobs was a better play against the Titans. Than uh, uh, you know a, a bunch of other a bunch of other guys uh, like so for example a, a Devin Singletary I was like really not gonna have Jacobs Jacobs is gonna get all the touches he's like but what kind of touches are they what's the what's the game script gonna be what right it's like well uh, it, true enough true enough right true enough so you know I think that who's getting the touches really matters. And what it does is it helps that you're not starting certain players. So I was like, I really, I'm going to do this. I was like, I, I swallowed hard. I was like, we're starting Singletary over Travis Etienne, right? That's really the best example. Because I was thinking about all the different players. And I was like, really? I was like, oh, Jacob's going to get all these, Jacob's going to get all the touches. Like that, that he could have had a, a touchdown and Jacob's ha, has 20 points. Right. So I feel good that I was pushing back there. I think it, it's it, it sort of worked out for everybody. Uh, he didn't hurt you, um, but we weren't bullish on him this week at all, uh, especially because we weren't sure what what his touches would be. And then the return of Brandon Bolden. There's all these things that I don't that don't even occur to me when Dario's like, yeah, but Brandon Bolden's back. And it's like, oh, you're right. You're right. This could be. Yeah, this could be just a between the tackles week for 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 Josh Jacobs. And then, you know, the way he weaves scenarios that are a lot more likely than you're really thinking at the time when you're setting your lineups, that's what undergirds our weekly projections and our, our weekly player rankings. So, I, again, bravo, bravo. As soon as I saw those those Devin Singletary catches, I was like, oh, look at look at Dario. Look at him. Yes, I'm so happy. Uh, I was like, I was a little skeptical. I was like, eh, really? It's, dude, I was like, Dario, don't you know Travis Etienne has sick upside right he's like but he's not getting the touches he needs touches to get those fantasy points you give a guy enough touches like a james robinson and he's eventually going to rip off a 50 yard run if etn was getting enough touches it would have been his 50 yard run but he's not getting the touches so he can't score the fantasy points and that was the theme of the week right no one could score any fantasy points even the guys that were poised to go nuclear like i i had two good calls like two big good calls that i'm very proud of hopefully eric from roto grinders will remember these calls uh the uh eagles naked all you know eagles only no run back and just maximum marquise brown that felt like good process the guy only had 17 targets i was like what are we talking about with marquise brown what are we talking about like if it were week one he would be the chalkiest receiver on the slate given there's no other receivers to throw to and what the game environment's projected to be. But because he didn't score touchdowns in week one or two, he's not. Well, that's just wrong. Play him. It's perfect process play. And then to see him go out with the process play like that and get 17 targets was amazing. But, I mean, didn't go nuclear because he didn't get the touchdown. This is just those, those are weeks, man. You're going to play Brown. He's not going to get the touchdown. And you just got to, you just got to, just got to swallow hard like, and you just got to walk away and go, it was good process. It really was. It was good process. But just to summarize, summarize uh, why some of your good process plays didn't didn't work out this week. Let's just list. Let's, let's take us out. I'll take us out with a list of all the players that scored touchdowns this week. And this list, this list is brought to you by Sleeper. Uh, Sleeper is my uh, my favorite app, and because I'm in so many leagues, what happens is you can go on the left side and you just uh, you hit the menu at the top left. You hit the menu and you start scrolling down. You can scroll through all your teams, and they have the outcome with a little status bar. 
So you can see, oh, a little bit of red means that uh, I'm dead, right? That's all that's left. Or all green means you're going to win, right? And then so I, I'm seeing uh, red, red, green, green, red, red, green, green, red, red. And a lot of these leagues are dynasty leagues. And in fairness to me, in these dynasty leagues, I have a lot of Dak and a lot of Russell Wilson so and uh, Trey Lance. So in a lot of dynasty leagues, my quarterbacks, my, my three of my most heavily rostered quarterbacks, Dak, Russell Wilson, Trey Lance. So that's my excuse. And some of these, even if you had like Herbert, it wasn't good, right? It was most of these. It wasn't good. I, I don't have Lamar in enough dynasty leagues really is the problem, right? It's just like Murray. I have a lot of Murray. I don't have a lot of Lamar and it's a bummer. It's, it's a real bummer and it's a problem. So I'm kind of bummed out looking, looking at all these sleeper leagues. But, uh, yeah, it's, they show you the points. They show you the status bar. And the status bar is the probability of you winning, right? So they have basically the win probability of your fantasy team embedded in the app. So you can see, okay, all my guys have played. I'm still losing. So my win probability is exactly zero. And I fortunately have a couple teams that are just so super that they're winning no matter what. Uh, but this one I'm seeing, oh, there's Dalvin Cook, right? There's Dalvin Cook, right? I see the questionable. Okay, spoiler alert, he's not playing, right? Dalvin Cook has a degenerative shoulder condition. He has been wearing a sling the last couple of years. He's going to be wearing a sling for the rest of his life, his football life, not not after, not when he's playing bingo, right? Hopefully not. I hope. I hope his arms are going to fall off in old age playing bingo at church. I, I hope not. I, I don't think so. But he's going to be wearing a special sling, and he's going he's gonna to be moved down in Dynasty. This is a big deal because, the, again, there's no better place to play fantasy football than Sleeper. And the beauty is there's a little dollar sign. When I'm looking at these matchups, there's a little dollar sign, and I've been taking advantage of this with a, a handful of players like Goddard this week. Goddard was the, was our play. Like that was the, I was like, this is, this is a Goddard week. It was, Oh man, I know it was a Devonte Smith week. Uh, and we, we had all the combinations with Hertz. So it was great. Like it was all three combinations worked, but God, I really wanted this. I really wanted this to be a Goddard week, right? We're investing him in on prediction strike. I mean, prediction strike, the platform that treats players like stocks, promo code underworld, uh, just deposit 20 bucks. You get a free player share. I mean, Goddard's still going to be a buy on Prediction Strike. He's a buy until he has that three-touchdown game. You know what's coming. We all know what's coming. We can all see it. We can all see it coming. And so I was playing Goddard, even though now he's questionable. Oh, he's quite, wait, he's questionable? Wait, what happened to Goddard? Oh, there's a problem? Okay, looks like he's fine. I don't know why. That Q tag doesn't, uh, that Q tag was a, was, a, was a false flag Q. That was, that tricked me. Not Goddard. I need him, right? Just like I have all this Dak and Russell Wilson in Dynasty. I have a lot of Goddard, man. God, God, I have a lot of Goddard, right? And uh, and this just this user experience on Sleeper, so good, so good. So on Sleeper, on Prediction Strike, the promo code is Underworld. That gets you that free player share on Prediction Strike. Invest in Dallas Goddard, and uh, if you have Goddard in Dynasty, you can just hit that dollar sign and you can take the over on the, the uh, Dallas Goddard fantasy points, Dallas Goddard receiving yards. Uh, I I uh, was super bullish on Zay Jones. I sent a special Plays of the Week email. If you have our newsletter, go to playerprofiler.com, scroll down and subscribe to our newsletter. We have the Plays of the Week. I sent a special Plays of the Week, and it, it featured Zay Jones as a value, the best value play on the board uh, last week. And then it's just a week off. I was a week off on Zay Jones. I, continuing to believe in Zay Jones, not to the point of actually starting him outside some very deep leagues where I did start him in one of these leagues, so I feel good about that. But that was only a, out of a desperation. You can see 24.5 fantasy points right there on my starting lineup. Zay Jones, very deep league. We start six receivers. So, you know, if, if you didn't start Zay Jones, don't worry about it. But uh, I, based on the plays of the week that did not hit, in week two that did hit in week three. I feel a lot better about that. And uh, Trevor Lawrence looking a lot like uh, Justin Herbert. There's a little bit, a little bit of a Spider-Man meme there, right? It's like you have the Bills 
Eagles Spider-Man memes. The teams are the same. They're both going to meet in the Super Bowl. Then you had those quarterbacks, those like surfer dude quarterbacks, right? The California Hollywood quarterbacks meeting in Los Angeles and actually uh, Trevor Lawrence looking better. And uh, Christian Kirk, by the way, looking good. And and Christian Kirk, it's uh, another player that I have a lot of in Dynasty because we said, hey, this was a, an early breakout. He had 1,000 yards. We talk, I don't know how many times we talked about this. 1,000 yards at Texas A&M as a freshman. And we're, we're never going to stop believing in that. And then we're like, oh, well, the Jacksonville Jaguars decided to pay him. That must mean he's good. We're just going to confirmation bias this thing, right? We're going to go to the ends of the earth, confirmation biasing uh, Chase Edmonds, confirmation biasing uh, DJ Moore. If, if DJ Moore ever does anything, we're always going to be like, yeah, we, we always knew it was going to happen. We always believed. We still believe. It's just we know what's going on. This is a, you know, this is a, a, a Baker Mayfield problem. And uh, Christian Kirk, same thing. Christian Kirk, he's a great football player. He can play everywhere. Uh, but you do need to mix him up, mix him inside. And, and Jacksonville knew this, and they said, okay, LaVisca Chenault, bye-bye. Right? We need to be able to play Kirk inside some. And they are, and they're having huge success. Running him on double moves out of the slot. We talk about double moves out of the slot. That's what Christian Kirk's doing, and, he, and he's killing it. And it just goes to show the lack of creativity of a Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, shame on Cliff Kingsbury. He's been you know sucking out wins, but... Uh, He's been exposed. He's been exposed. He's, he's exposed in these little ways, right? He's little. He has. He's, he's one and two now. No one expected him to beat the defending champions. They should be zero and three. Anyone that watches the Cardinals knows they should be zero and three. Cliff Kingsbury is a complete fraud. He's no good. He's just good looking. He's very good looking. Uh, even with a beard, like he's he wears a beard very well. I like looking at him. He's a, he's a great face to look at. But he, he, his football mind is very limited. And there are these little signals, these little bits of evidence where if you were uh, building a case against Cliff Kingsbury, uh, Christian Kirk is good. We knew it all along, man. Billy, particularly bullish on Christian Kirk. This, yeah, this is why we have, we, we have a, a, a wide variety of talent uh, to, to give you all the uh, a range of perspectives and it's, it's looking like Christian Kirk is, is a huge smash. He was a huge smash on Prediction Strike, too. Uh, promo code Underworld. Uh, man, that was that was great. So let's go through all the touchdowns. So this is why. If you're wondering why you're winning this week, even though you didn't score any fantasy points, this is why. Here are all the players that scored touchdowns this week. Mark Andrews, Devin Duvernay, Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Harris, Isaiah McKenzie, Devin Singletary, Chase Edmonds, River Craycraft, Jamar Chase, Samaj P. Ryan, Tyler Boyd, K.J. Osborne, Dalvin Cook, maybe the last one for a while, uh, Adam Thielen off the schneid, T.J. Hawkinson, Jamal Williams. That was that was fun. Those hips, those hips don't lie, Jamal. Those hips do not lie. Alexander Madison, more to come. Damian Pierce, Khalil Herbert. Oh, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I just... To be clear, and so it's on the record. We'll talk about this tomorrow on the Waiver Wired show. We don't need to belabor it here. Khalil Herbert's a better player than Alexander Madison, just so you know. He's in a much worse offense, so that's going to be a debate. This debate will ongo throughout the week. Herbert versus Madison. Uh, Jordan Akins also scored a touchdown. Edward Solaire, Jelani Woods with two on three targets. Uh, Jeff Swaim. Jeff Swaim taking over for uh, Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper is gone. Drop him everywhere. He is gone. Like the deepest dynasty leagues, bye bye Derrick Henry, Mack Hollins, Devontae Adams, Mark Ingram, LaVisca Chenault, Marquez Calloway, Antonio Gibson, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Marvin Jones, all the Joneses. James Robinson, not Travis Etienne. Mike Williams, lucked out. Corderell Patterson, Looking like the truth. Will Disley. DK Metcalf. Yay! True Alpha. DK Metcalf. Drake London. Hey! Keeps it up. Russell Gage. Law of the Conservation of Targets. Alan Lazard. Romeo Dubs. Bad for Cody. Bad news for Cody. Romeo Dubs. If he's going to be this good this early in his NFL career, much earlier than, uh, say, Gabriel Davis was with similar draft capital. It's not a good sign for Cody and his strong uh, Romeo uh, Romeo Dobbs Dubs fade. Uh, Cooper Cup with a rushing touchdown. Cam Akers! He's not dead yet. 
The Achilles looks good. Stop pretending you're a doctor. Brandon Ayuk and just the pukey of the puke. All Javante Williams enthusiasts. Just you, you hate to see it. Melvin Gordon. Puke. Holy shit, we went over an hour.